Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it back from a little vacay and holiday week. Good to be with you on Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, we are loaded up for a run at it on a Tuesday. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-800-825-5865. You can email chris at halevarsity.com and find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio uh, for Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, we will get rolling with it. Uh, love your input and feedback. Uh, a lot to get into today. Some recruiting thoughts uh, as Nebraska falls short on James Mons the third. Uh, I have not talked to Cranach. I don't know if his Wonder Mons picture. He has one framed above his toilet in the bathroom. Don't know why. Don't ask. <laughs> I, I just know that that Cranach's a big Wonder Mons guy. Well, James uh, is uh, going to Indiana. Some reaction to that. Uh, Nebraska football, we are counting down, getting closer to kickoff, which is uh, pretty impressive. Dr. Petey did a nice write-up, good story, on some of the position group rankings uh, by Phil Steele, who we just had on. So get into that. Um, Some thoughts on the, the AD search as that matriculates. And uh, Mitch Sherman with us in about 20 minutes. Mitch from The Athletic. Get his take on things. Uh, We will dive into some NBA Finals moments. More so nostalgia than the actual matchup. Although Giannis is a uh, game-time decision. That's encouraging as uh, the Bucks and Suns get after it. In Hour 2, we will spend time with Mr. Blackshirt Charlie McBride. Check in on Coach. See how his fourth went. Get into some of the defense's... uh, uh, projections here for the Big Red. And uh, Rick Kaczynski with his Coach Kaz, a Tuesday with Kaz. Kaz, excited to, to spend some time with him. So that is happening in Hour 2. The numbers again, 466-377-6800-825-5865. So, Elijah, good fourth. Uh, you worked a lot. God love you. And uh, you also uh, got some 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 you time you have all uh, all the digits working. Sorry, yeah, that that's most important is to be, especially when you're touching buttons. You yeah, got to have it. I would be struggling to be running the board in here if I didn't have all ten fingers. I t- I'd I'd power through the pain. I'd still be here today if I was down a digit. But let me tell you, I you had a, a, like a finger injury a while back, didn't you? Where you had that bad boy. 
taped up like you're... I've had a, I've had a couple bad finger injuries. You, in my yeah, day, I mean, yeah. you walk in and we, we got like two splints and, and all the gauze in America. Well, that was whenever I uh, my lawnmower was running. Yeah. And I was trying to pull the stick out from underneath and the blade caught me. Yeah. And it, but the only thing that saved me is I, I would have been down a finger if uh, I had actually sharpened my lawnmower blades that summer. That's they, were, they were so dull that they were just like a, a spinning metal bar. I, so it... It got my finger pretty good. And then I dislocated a pinky back in the day, too. Yes. It's, all, it's all bent. And that, that's common with you offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. You get them stuck in pads and stuff. It or or holding in jerseys. Right? <laughs> but uh, let's dive in. And, you know, the uh, the, the James Mond decision, uh, he made his announcement on July 4th. Also, uh, when it comes to uh, some – and we knew with where Nebraska was going uh, – Commitment wise, right, that with Ashton Hayes committing, Williams probably was not a a yes for Nebraska. He ended up committing over the weekend to West Virginia. But 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 uh, James Mons the third, it hurts because Nebraska and good for good for James. James had Wisconsin uh, all over him. He had Nebraska all over him. He had Indiana all over him. Those are some some great schools to go play ball at. And I'm sure there'll be a debate on whether you want to include Indiana as, as great or not, but they're absolutely trending high. They're, uh, they were a, a New Year's Six team last year and, and got hosed by their own league. And they are uh, one of the, the favorites to, to at least push Ohio State in the East, right? So uh, Coach Allen's got things going, and he's got a familiar name as his defensive coordinator. That's Charlton Warren. And with Warren, uh, he did uh, really nice work at Nebraska, uh, a couple of other stops, and he has found his way to the, the defensive side of the ball for, for Tom Allen, who himself was really incredible coordinator at, at South Florida before uh, joining Indiana and then obviously the interim that, that became head coach at Indiana. But um, a lot of Nebraska fans are going to go, man, what what's going on here? How does Nebraska lose a, a Nebraska ties type guy and to me it's it's simple recency and excitement and as good as Nebraska has it with Coach Fisher and they do. They've got a great recruiter, they've got a great developer, they've got a great teacher. That's that's one part. And you've got a, a program or a team in Indiana that is that arrows up. Right now, there's some uncertainty about Nebraska. I can only imagine, man, what's what's happening on the recruiting trail, and it's just it, it's it's the circle of life, and not all programs or coaches badmouth other programs or coaches that are having a hard time or have drama or are in transition. But facts are facts with numbers right now, and I don't have a doubt that Indiana or Wisconsin pretty much went to the win loss number right now. And said, look, uh, we've had a pretty good run. We've had a pretty good run of putting guys in the defensive side of the ball into the league. And uh, there are plenty of Florida connections also. As nice as Coach Fisher is with his Florida connections, Tom Allen also has uh, quite a few, quite a lot, not just few, but a lot of Florida connections as well as Charlton Warren. And ultimately, that was that's what won out was was comfort and you've got a program that's you know Nebraska should be where Indiana's at uh, historically they're they're not and it's a big 2021 20, season 
I'm excited to see where it goes, but uh, tough loss for Nebraska. Yeah, and it was we, when we talked with Greg on Friday. It was he's going somewhere Big Ten. He's had his heart set on the Big mm-hmm. Ten, and I don't. That's not always what you hear out of Florida kids. Yeah, th- this is very true. But whenever I look at the current situation of the Nebraska defensive backroom, um, I'm surprised Nebraska was actually even in the conversation for as talent as I think he is. I mean, I think he can step into Indiana and get playing time pretty early, which is important to recruits, especially now in the name, image, and likeness area to get your name out there. Uh, and I look at the Nebraska room right now, and you have so many young cats in that defensive back room that are still looking to make a name for themselves. It's, I mean, it's similar to the running back room where it's, look at all these guys you got to go beat out. And I can see why a recruit would look at that, especially with guys with their eligibility freezes. You're not sure how long they're going to be for uh, be there for uh, to go, you know what, I'm going to go to the place in Indiana that I think actually has a spot for me. And I guess I don't know the the nitty-gritty of the – Indiana defensive backroom, but I do know here at Nebraska there is just a logjam of guys that are freshmen and sophomores. So there, yeah, you have a lot of young players, and it's not that you can't come in or won't come in or afraid to come in and compete. That's not what Mons is all about. But you do have a, a number of guys at a pretty high level that you feel that that Nebraska will will develop. Uh, we'll see where things land with Avery Powell and Markeith Williams. And Nathan Vale and, and Jaden Mangum. Uh, those are also guys on the target list for Nebraska. They do not have a defensive back yet for 2022. You have Hayes at running back, Androff at tight end, uh, Ernest uh, Big E out of Columbus at linebacker, Grant Page from Boulder, Applegate out of Southeast, Torres, and of course uh, the, the big uh, target and speedster, Victor Jones. That's where you're at right now. So a couple of linebackers, uh, and uh, that 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 is it for you on the defensive side of the ball. So let's switch gears and, and spend a couple of minutes here on where you think things are at for Nebraska as the uh, the the world turns for the AD search. I wasn't expecting an announcement today. Uh, it's been laid out there by Ronnie Green that probably by the end of July, things should be solidified, which is fine. But you just get the feel. You've got the commentary from Jamie Pollard. And now you just you just haven't heard anything on Ed Stewart. And don't know if that's, hey, the wife is happy in Dallas. She's got a great job. Don't know if... Ed's just getting bumped by the Big 12 to, to eventually take over. Are, are people looking at Nebraska's instability within the athletic department and saying, why would it change? Why should I move my family? Is it something that is a good call? And this is, this is going to be kind of your your iconic moment here is we'll get into that for NBA finals in a moment, but this is going to be, you know, what, what Ronnie green is known for. Um, if it goes beyond the end of this month, that is a absolute fire and smoke signal that, that what you had planned isn't, isn't going to plan. So where does Nebraska look now? Do you, have somebody in mind? Can you talk a John Cook into taking the job? Do you look at Trev Alberts? Is Garrett uh, Classy, who's doing the interim work, how much is he in play for the 
long-term replacement. I mean, kudos to him for having things handled, all right, with name, image, and likeness. He has been all over it, minding the shop. He's had to to do the interim thing here, but he's also been doing the day-to-day for a while, as much as that has been reported that Moose hasn't or wasn't always on site. Uh, Garrett stepped in, did his thing. So you've got a guy that's that's in it. He's pretty young, and and I think if if we're looking at this as a race, Elijah, I think Garrett's name is absolutely there. I think uh, John Cook is somebody that would kill it, but you got to talk him into it. And then if there's Trev Alberts, I mean, does Trev Alberts emerge again? It's not that he couldn't do it, but could he? Could he have a tie to some Omaha money that maybe not spending with Nebraska as much as they used to? All those are pretty uh, pretty valiant questions here. We'll see if there's something at the end of this week. We'll get some of Mitch Thur- Sherman's thoughts here in about uh, 10 minutes or so on the AD search. So let's get into the NBA Finals game one tonight. Suns, Bucks, all check it out. Not super geeked about it. Don't hate on it. I'm just, it's not my thing as much as uh, other sports or other finals. But what's your most iconic NBA moment? Where are you at? ESPN Twitter put this out. And you've got uh, a lot of choices. I mean, you've, you've got Big Shot Bob, Robert Ory, and I know he's not the, the same level as a Kobe or a Jordan or a LeBron, but, but Big Shot Bob won a lot of rings for hitting big shots, right? You, you have uh, John Paxson's kick out three to, to doom Phoenix back in the 93 finals. I have three moments for me and, and two of them are Jordan and one of them's magic. And I don't discount LeBron in 2016 in game seven because it's, it's totally iconic. But what are you more towards? Are you Jordan over Russell and there's that horrific shot of the Utah Jazz crowd where the ball's in the air, it's about to swish, and everybody in the crowd has that, oh, no, look on their face. I love that. That's my moment. It's everybody's moment who are Jordan guys and fans. That's MJ's crossover, mid-range, bingo. Game over. The Utah missed the shot to, to win or go into overtime. Or it would have been a win. It was a, it was a one-point uh, difference. But that's that's my moment. 98, Jordan, final moment as a bull. Catch, shoot, crossover, good night. That was cool. As a younger kid, I remember in the Boston Garden, it was 4,000 degrees. And uh, it's one of those high-scoring affairs where it's the Lakers, it's the Celtics, they're back and forth. Magic catches it, dribbles from left wing to free throw line and does a baby hook. A baby hook and just drills it to give the Lakers a win. They end up winning the series 4-2. to two. But that Magic Johnson moment, and then it's Jordan's first finals, I think it was in game two, where Jordan takes off. It's the Marv Albert call where he's skying with the ball in the right hand towards the rim, and then in midair scoops it with his left. You've seen the highlight a thousand times against the Lakers, and Marv going nuts, almost lost his hairpiece. Those are my three. And, and I think LeBron's is insanely important, and it's, it's a better play and bigger moment. But the three I just laid out to you have burned into my mind. It's not that I don't think of LeBron. 
uh, with with that comeback against the Warriors. I just don't have LeBron as high up on the list. See, and LeBron doesn't even have my top moment. My top moment that, goes so, to Ray Allen. Whenever you look at it, it's, uh, I think it was 2013 NBA Finals. That was, was that was great. And it was it was game Spurs Heat, right? Yeah, game six. Suns are or sorry, the, the Heat are down in the last minute of game six. And like I remember, they even had like the the rope up around the fans because it was in Miami, and they didn't want Miami fans to come storm the the Spurs. Uh, championship, raise the trophy, all that. But then uh, Ray Allen comes, and I hear the call in my head: rebound, Bosh, out to Allen, his three pointer, bang! And, right, and and Just iconic. No, and that was that that was an incredible finals between the Spurs and Heat, and where 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 Ray caught that, and it's so tight along that short corner, just down from where the wing, the, the wing and the elbow, you don't have any room. You have you have like zero room. To catch, get behind the three-point arc, and not be out of bounds. And he's not looking. He's looking only at the rim. And, and, and it's muscle memory. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's taken and made 50 million of those shots. But yeah, Allen in 2013, that was special. I remember coming on the air the next day and going, Whew, we're, we're witnessing greatness here with the finals. We'll check in with Mitch Sherman next to Tale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are knocking rust off the day after vacation. We welcome in Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Add Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how was the weekend? How was the, the fourth? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I don't know if I'm as refreshed as Elijah told me he was, and that might may not be the word that I would choose to use. But I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling all right. Um, or did he say he was revitalized? It was did, one say, of those, did you but, get uh, revived? Did you re- refresh, recharged? You know, or was it just kind um, of a whirlwind? It was nice to get away. It was nice to to, to get away for a few days. I don't know if uh, I'm if the batteries are fully recharged. I got a little time off after Big Ten Media Days. So I hope to. Uh, Hope to do that upcoming later this month before we we uh, dive into preseason camp. But um, I'm I'm okay. I'm in a I'm in a good spot, and I'm I'm cranking out the Purdue state of the program piece right now. Um, so that's where my mind is. But I'm gonna take it off of that because I. I'm guessing that's not what you want to talk about. Well, the, the power of patriotism <laughs> does not revive you. Like that's what I'm wondering. Well, I mean. In some ways, yeah, but it, you know, with holidays like that where um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of extra food, mm. extra beverages, um, you know, extra time around some crazy kids, uh, fireworks, <laughs> you know, pets, pets uh, freaking out. Um, just there's all kinds of factors. We had some baseball, which was good for my mental state. That was that was good. Had that last night at the end of the at the end of the weekend. Um, so no, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not in a bad place by any stretch. But I wouldn't say that that's not the holiday necessarily that revitalizes or revives I me. Mean, it's more like I survived it mm-hmm. and I and I and I and I came through and feeling pretty good. You know, you're spot on about the pet thing. I mean, man, oh man, there's not enough hemp <laughs> products for Gertie the German Shepherd. We got some doggy CBD. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, same with le- us. Legally purchased that um, down the street here at a at a, uh, a place outside of our neighborhood, and I don't know that it did anything. Um, but 
I guess I wouldn't want to know what would have happened if we didn't give him that. No. He was hiding in the closet um, <laughs> under my under my like hanging sweatshirts um, like every night from Friday through well Monday was okay but Friday Saturday Sunday I, I mean it's feel bad yeah, but he's same. he's good now. Gertrude's happy as well. Let's dive into some football and specifically the AD search, uh, Mitch. What what's your take right now as we enter into this week, and I know Ronnie's like, look, it, it might be into July, fine. Uh-huh. That's kind of the timeline, but Pollard said what he said right after you predicted that with us, and you were nailed. You're like, no, Jamie isn't going to happen, and you knew it. You're locked in. You're plugged in. I think the Ed Stewart call is has maybe cooled a little bit, and do you think Nebraska might be looking more internal? I mean, where, where are you at here as, well, you're, as you're tracking this? Well, it could happen. I mean, I think they have a candidate in Garrett Classy. I think that there's some advantage there in that he's guided Nebraska through the name, image, and likeness, um, the start of that era. Uh, it was not an easy thing to navigate over the past many, several months, uh, and and he's done that. He's been the guy out front. He was when, when Bill Moose was here, um, and he, he remains in that role. Uh, you know, I think that there's something there, – there, this is not necessarily – there isn't like a great time of year to hire an athletic director at a heavily football-driven school, but and it's not like trying to hire a football coach by any means in the month of July, which is next to impossible. But, uh, you know, you're sitting here, and there may be some ADs who are less likely to take the call right now because it is – approaching mid-July, and they don't want to even think about that kind of a move right now. So we'll see. You know, I'm answering the question about whether there's an internal candidate. I think there is. Um, I also think there's the possibility that Nebraska could look at this and say, yeah, let's just extend that interim tag. Um, and that's not from any information that I've gathered out of, out of Memorial Stadium or from administration, um, but – if you don't get the guys who are believed to be the slam dunk candidates and, and those two would, would have been Pollard and Stewart at the beginning, then I think a, an extended interim tag might look like a possibility. If you don't just want to give it to Classy outright, now let's see how things go over the next six months. And there's no reason why he couldn't, do what he's doing now through the end of the football season. You assess where the football program's at at that point. Um, you see how the athletic department's running after six months of name, image, and likeness. Maybe there's no reason to make a change. Maybe things are going great. Maybe basketball's off to a good start. Football had a, had a, a bounce back year. Um, things are humming, and you're like, why would we want to change that? Um, or, or maybe you see something different. So, you know, that seems like probably an outside more unlikely than likely possibility based on what Ronnie Green has said and and told the Omaha World Herald um, in Sam McEwen's interview last week. Uh, It does seem like he wants to have somebody in place here permanently this month, but, you know, sometimes plans change, and I think there are a lot of options on the table. Does – if if Garrett gets the nod, how will that be interpreted – by the by the fan base do you think okay you laid out wonderful points as to why this guy 
could get it, should get it maybe, because he's already driven you through a, a minefield, so to speak, here with the transition and then the name, image, and likeness. Or is it, well, Nebraska was supposed to have some people lined up and, and that fell through. So here's here's the default guy. I mean, because, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the – the, both sides of the coin. Whomever Nebraska gets at this point, there's go, it's there's going to be some division. There's going to be some split opinion. If you bring in an outsider who uh, does or doesn't have ties to the Nebraska program, you know there is going to be just because of the fact that the football team has had three losing seasons here under Scott Frost and five in the last six years. There's going to be a perception about the the, the next person in the AD seat that. Um, he or she is here to um, issue uh, a verdict on the football program, and um, you know it's it's all it's all up in the air. So that's going to create some, I think, hard feelings. You know, some some skepticism about uh, the, the agenda for for that AD, no matter what. And I think you'd have less of that if it was if it was classy. Um, you know, I think that's seen potentially for football as maybe a safer thing because he's here and, you know, he's seen the work that's being put in, but he's seen the good and he's seen the bad. So again, no matter who it is, if they stay in house permanently, long-term interim, they go outside and find somebody with no connection to Nebraska. If they go outside and find somebody with connection to Nebraska at this point, just because of where Nebraska athletics is at there, there's going to be some division. There are going to be people um, you know, inside and outside of the program, I think who look at it as good, and, and, and others who look at it as bad. There's no way. There's no way for for Ronnie Green to get away from that. Mitch Sherman's with us from the Athletic Hale Varsity Radio at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, uh, a thought here on Delano Banton. Uh, he has performed pretty well with some of the camps mm-hmm. and decided to keep his name in the uh, the NBA draft. Uh, he's a guy that I know there's the, the upside term, and I know there's the measurements. Yeah. Kind of surprised that, that he's not coming back, or do you think he did enough with the the, the showcase to, to stay? I mean, obviously it depends on who you want to listen to advice-wise, but uh, you yeah. know, Nebraska threw their support behind him in his decision, obviously, but you think this is going to be a good call for Benton? Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily look to see him on an NBA roster next year, but you know, maybe he gets a spot playing professionally that works for him and can build him toward the NBA. We've definitely seen that with some some Nebraska players, um, you know, who have had success taking that path. And and you know, maybe some team does like him enough to give him an opportunity to make a team, and he and he gets there. Um, the Banton that we remember from the end of the season is a different guy, I think, than. Uh, the prospect that people saw later this spring and into the summer. You know, he, in talking with Fred Hoiberg and Matt Abdelmasi uh, not long ago, as, as I, I wrote a, a breakdown of all of the scholarship players, and, and this was before Banton uh, put his name into the, into the draft pool, they, they mentioned him specifically as the guy who suffered the most as a result of the long-term shutdown that Nebraska had in the winter because of COVID. He, you know, was one of the guys who was sick, um, and he struggled more than anybody to recover from it. In part because he just he didn't the nutrition um, and the strength training was so important for him. You know, he's long um, and 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 lean, 
and you know was probably a little bit undersized and thin to begin with. So when you had that time off and you weren't in, you know, eating the way that you needed to as a as a Big Ten basketball player for a period of weeks and training the way that you need to, that really took a toll on him. And you saw, you know, his minutes get cut and you saw his production slide in the time after Nebraska came back when several other guys were going the other, the opposite direction. Now there were guys like Kobe Webster and Trey McGowan's um, who finished the season strong and Banton was kind of going the opposite way. So that's the memory we have of him, but um, it is, he, he is a player with a huge upside. And, you know, they've talked about him as an NBA prospect from the time that he got into the program with Hoiberg. It's just, we've only seen that in flashes. So, um, you know, he'll be committed, I'm sure, to making it work wherever he lands professionally. And the big thing for him is just going to be to get stronger and to, uh, you know, to work on, on, his, on his body and, his, and, and, and you know, his ability to be physically be an NBA player or a professional player, you know, I think he's got a chance to do that. Mitch, uh, excited to read your your state your info on Purdue, uh, where they I know stand. you are. I know you no, are. I'm, yeah. I'm serious about that because yeah. they're kind of one of those teams that may not have been great in, in Big Ten West play, but they've, they've been a, a thorn to Nebraska. Absolutely. And, you know, they're, they're coming back to Lincoln this year, and Purdue is a team that has a big-time star on the offensive side in David Bell and a big-time star – on the defensive side and George Karloftis and then how the pieces fit around all those guys. It's, uh, is very much up in the air. So not many got not many teams, um, not many teams outside of Ohio state in the league, you know, can go toe to toe with their star power in those, in those top two players. Uh, amen to that. Mitch, you have a good week. Thanks for spending time with us today. All right. Thanks Chris. All right, there he is. Mitch Sherman with us from the athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. Uh, we'll spend a little bit of time on name, image, and likeness and uh, someone who just gets it endorsement-wise. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Be sure to check out Mitch Sherman, our interview with Mitch. Thoughts on the AD search going on and what's uh, happening with Purdue Ball and, of course, Banton sticking and staying uh, with uh, his upside in the uh, the NBA somewhere for pro basketball, not coming back to Nebraska. I know that was end of the week last week, but I wanted to get his take on it. Charlie McBride, 20 minutes away. Also, Rick Kaczynski will join us. And uh, when we talk about uh, name, image, and likeness, there's a guy who just totally gets it, and uh, Jake Brend is there for you. He's there for me. He's there for everyone in D3 Tennis. Hi, I'm Jake Brend, junior tennis player at Simpson College. In Division Three, we don't get athletic scholarships, but thanks to name, image, likeness, I can make money off the Brend brand. Maybe now I won't have to work four jobs. I'm going to auction off items to the Jake Brand tennis experience. These are game-worn shoes that I played in while leading the conference in double faults. Dream of being the eighth best player on the sixth best D3 tennis team in Iowa? Well, I'll give you a lesson right after I finish mine. Finally, I will go to your house next weekend to watch the Wimbledon Finals. 
I'd have you at my place, but I have five roommates. The Jake Brand Tennis Experience. Shoes, lessons, mems. Bids to at JakeBrand32, Venmo straight cash to Jake-Brand. Together, we can change lives, especially mine. Straight cash, <laughs> baby. This is good. Simpson College, Iowa. Heard of it. Probably driven by it. And uh, D3, baby. As soon as my lesson's done, I'll give you yours. <laughs> I love that. It is good. There was just a, a tidal wave, Elijah. And I know you and, and Willie J covered it a little bit last week. But you've got everybody that plays ball, it seems like or feels like, is out there saying, hit me up. And kind of annoying, kind of obvious as far as that's how it was going to roll. And, you know, pretty excited. I mean, I'm happy for for Ben Stilley and, and JoJo Doman. I mean, I think that's cool that they're doing a podcast. Adrian's already out with his. We got the, the Runza uh, investment that's there. And, you know, I, I'm anxious to see how, how this works. You've got others on social media, friends of ours, that are saying, hey, you want an endorsement? <laughs> Practice hard and perform well in games. So, See, we, we got to figure out how we, we can take advantage of this. Like, we got to get one of the players to say, like, Hail Varsity Radio is my favorite source for Husker news. Here's, like that. Here's, uh, <laughs> here's 10 grand and start talking. <laughs> I just wonder when it comes to promotion. We're good about having people on to promote their podcasts. We always have been. But also get some insight, be it a Dr. Rob Zadiska, right? Or, you know, Lars uh, has done a lot of stops on the show over the years. And, you know, this door is open to players, absolutely, to talk ball, recap the game. But, yes, if you've got a, a side hustle project, good on you. Go for it. So, did you listen to the uh, the McGowan's podcast there first? I did. I did not, and and I th- you know I think Robin and that crew they do a nice job, obviously, and and good for them. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty interesting idea with uh, getting those two brothers together with uh, the name draw they have here in Nebraska, and uh, it was pretty cool to hear uh, they had Hoiberg and Abdul Massey both on. It's just. I mean, you you hear hey, so much of... Uh, hey, coach, want to do the show? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you hear so much of Husker football, and we've forgotten some insight from Adrian. So it's interesting to hear the the Husker basketball insight and just what it takes to be a, a high-level Big Ten basketball player, especially at a place like Nebraska. It is. And, you know, I'm with, with the non-con... I, I love this non-conference. I'm excited for, for basketball. And uh, we'll see where, where it goes. You know, I don't know where the Big Ten's gonna gonna be at next year for basketball. Who's gonna be your favorite? I mean, Michigan should be good, obviously, but who else? Where's Ohio State? I know Ohio State landed a pretty high profile player not long ago uh, on the hardwood. I think Fred's recruited incredibly well. Uh, can they gel and mesh? You got a lot of returning firepower. Uh, can you get to being competitive? You know, as my my weekend and holiday was spent doing baseball, and then just either golfing or poolside, just to to recharge. To your point, mm-hmm. but the topic came up: How the hell's Nebraska basketball going to be? And I'm like, well, I don't want to put the pressure on. You look at the talent on paper, 
and the experience coming back, you can't say in the Big Ten tournament team. You, mm. you can't. They should be in a tournament, be it the NCAA, and I know you don't want to hear NIT, but I think there's enough firepower there for them to, to be on the bubble by the end of the year. And that means 500 or hovering around a game below or a game or two above uh, 500. And you can be around 500 or below and, and still get the nod in the Big Ten because it's so stacked. Now, not every year is is this year. And I know they didn't live up to, to the hype in the tournament, but... <laughs> uh, week in, week out, night in, night out with the Big Ten, with basketball, it was it was just, there was no nights off. And, and it's usually in the Big Ten, it's not like this every year, but usually if you're in the top half of the Big Ten, you got a pretty good shake at making the, get the Big in, Ten tournament. Yeah. Except if you're in Nebraska huh. in 2017. Yeah, with uh, the Roby team that, that got stuck in the NIT and then... Didn't want to be there. I think they lost to Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they were they were there, uh, and y- y- you beat Kansas that year. <laughs> Different story. Uh, they were so, so close to beating Kansas that year. I know. At that game, that was a great game. It's one of the best Nebraska games I'd ever seen. For them to to handle it that way, so you got to figure Nebraska will be in the conversation for postseason. We'll know a lot more about where they're at. They've got a, a great opportunity. A lot of winnable games, but also you'll get points for those wins in their non-conference. It's not like it's Duke or Carolina, <laughs> but NC State, Auburn, okay, Creighton. Those are those are three. That Creighton game is going to be huge. It will be, and it sucks. It's so early, and it's not on a Saturday. Well, so. that's why it's going to be huge. I think is because you got to got to have the guys ready for it. week three. I know you've only had a or game three or whatever it is. Like you've only had a couple warm up games, quote unquote. Like you got to be ready and come out firing to start this season, or else you're going to get yourself in a hole, and it's going to be a tough, tough Big Ten slate to make the Big Ten or to make the NCAA tournament. The thing about Nebraska basketball, and this isn't a shot at Teddy. I wish wish Teddy all the success in the world but i just think you're gonna have a focused locker room but you're gonna have a an appropriately intense locker room but you're gonna have a more at ease locker room and i think guys can can really see this offense flourish with hoiberg where he can get you incredible looks with his sets but he also, if you if you sling it around the horn, someone's going to be open. And there's enough guys that you want them to get better as shooters that they can make somebody pay. We'll wind down Hour 1. Coach McBride's on the way. Rick Kaczynski is also in Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Give us a find on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, at Herbal Essence for Elijah. And are you moving? Are you trying to sell that home? Are you looking to buy? West Blue Realty is there to help you. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. They make that next move smooth. And for a limited time, you mentioned Hale Varsity and West Blue uh, we'll provide up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Two names to know, 
and you know what the housing market's like right now, a chance to make some great money off your home potentially, call Tom Luby at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider. Give Kelly a call at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. Log on today, westbluerealty.com. Go see Tom or Kelly today, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. So are you gearing up? For the uh, finals, or are you ready to uh, to dive in to the match? And who are you cheering for? Is it hard to cheer for Aaron Rodgers or Bryson DeChambeau? Is it hard to cheer for Phil? Is it hard to cheer for Tom Brady? I just want to see this get good and heated and more trash talk. Are we ready with Tom Brady on that Zoom call? Because Tom Brady just loves giving it to to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Phil's getting a kick out of it. Aaron's smug about it, but he gets he gets the humor. And Tom likes poking the bear. And then there's Bryson, who looks like somebody just melted all of his protein shakes. He's an NBA owner, a self-taught guitarist, and has guest starred in both The Office and Game of Thrones. Mm. He's unhappy with his boss and has no options. Who is Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> ding, ding. That is correct. Well done. It's a projection, Tom. I never said I'm unhappy with my boss. <laughs> I projection. said it, not you. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bryson's grunting, <clears throat> you know, as he's crushing 78-pound barbells now, do you see with what his Tom, pinky. What Tom Brady tweeted this morning? This is, it's hilarious. It's that video that Phil Mickelson posted at the Masters a few years ago. Um, but he just said, Phil emailed me this at 3 a.m. Can someone check hit, on hit him? Hit bombs? Yeah. Is this the hit bombs yeah, one? He said, yeah. Phil emailed me this at 3 a.m. Can someone check on him? Being aggressive, hitting bombs. Why is that important? Well, because you've got to hit bombs off the tee, and that's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs. <laughs> hit bombs. <laughs> Look at Phil's little psych-up tape for himself. In the car, someone's filming, I pray. And we got to hit bombs off the box. I did not. I was garbage on the golf course yesterday. I lost so much money to my mother on Thursday. It was embarrassing. And she's a good golfer. I am not. But she still just said, dude, a wager's a wager. I stayed away from the golf course all weekend. It was just by the pool. It was, it was hot. It sucked yesterday, but it was decent. It was all right. Thursday morning. It was cool. Um, just don't like losing money to mom. You make any money betting on a junior's tournament? I did not. <laughs> you have any side action going? You know, I did find him, though, as they lost the ball game trying to put a rally together. He's up to the plate and took this wicked curveball for a called strike three to end the game. So he got fined. For, for I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He had a good weekend. Hour two next. 
There's never any FOMO with the iHeartRadio app. You won't ever have to miss out on your favorite shows and contests with this radio station again. Radio 24-7-360. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or one 800 825 Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. This is quite uh, appropriate here. Tom Brady's golf balls for this match have all of these Super Bowl wins, the Super Bowl Greek lettering on the side of them. I usually use a magic marker with a little X. That's my ball that I just lost. Tom Brady goes with the full list of Super Bowls. He's uh, he's won. Hour two, we welcome in uh, Charlie McBride. Uh, Monday with Charlie, now a Tuesday since yesterday was the, the federal holiday. And Coach, did you have a good 4th of July? How was it out of the lake? Well, yep, yeah, we had a great 4th and uh, had some... Uh, my youngest was here with his family, and Jared Tomich came over with his two kids for a couple of days, and we had a lot of food. Jared's a good cook, so you have to be sure you, you know, kind of sneak him over here so he can show you some of his new stuff. <laughs> Boy, he can cook, man. He can make you look fat. What he? Uh, what was on the, uh, the? What was the spread like? I mean, what did well, he bring there with was, him? There was uh, sausage and briskets and um, chicken, barbecued chicken, uh, steak, um, lots of vegetables. I mean, it was there was enough that we can eat probably. A couple of more meals, six of us. <laughs> That's so good. Well, I know he's uh, doing well as a as a farmer, and he's either got a picture of his dog or a, a baby calf. Uh, you know that he that he posts. Did you guys have any corn? Nope, we didn't have any corn. We that that's unusual. I never thought about till you just brought it up that we didn't have any corn. And well, the corn. Now around here is just about ready to go. So if you give it another couple of weeks, you're going to have a lot of corn. I bet you will. I bet you will. <laughs> that was kind of our staple uh, grilled corn. I don't know, two or three times it was good. And I'm glad you ate well, man, getting geared up. Can you believe it's going to be football season in less than 60 days? Holy moly. <laughs> That, that it goes fast. I'll tell you that. I know. I know how that goes. I mean, it it seems like it ends and it starts already. So by the time you get done preparing and all those things that go into it, you uh, you know, it just time goes. Time flies. And then with the with the players working out in the summertime, and uh, it seems like they're only there fifteen twenty practices at all, but. You know, a lot of our guys were there the whole summer and then took about a week before they came in, I think, off and went home there for a few minutes and came back. But, um, you know, and a lot of them would go home on the weekends and stuff like that with um, uh, with guys that were from the state. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of guys learn how to ride a horse, shoot a gun, do a lot of stuff. I think I remember seeing that on a Husker Vision special 
Uh, you had, uh, God, what's his name? One of the linebackers from a small town in Nebraska took out old Tony Ortiz to his home. Brian, Brian, something or other. God, I, I usually have the name. I'm, I'm blanking on it. But yeah, it, it was funny to see Tony put on some boots and, and ride a horse. Oh yeah, he, he 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 loved it. I mean, he he really had a good time. I remember that. I remember him talking about. It. He talked about it all all year. That's funny. That's funny. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie. On a Tuesday, it's Hale Varsity Radio. So, Coach, when it comes to this time of year, I know there's vacation and family time and trying to recharge. That said, you got a season to to prep for. How much time did you uh, spend in the office during the summer kind of gearing up prepping for for other teams going through film all, all that stuff i mean how did you kind of break down uh, your year uh you know we had we had three i think we had three weeks vacation and most of us took one mm-hmm. over spring break sure. um took one of them then the other two some of them were broken up some some of them, some of the guys took them all together you know two weeks together or something like that but there was always a couple of guys around you know uh here we weren't allowed to talk to the players right or anything so we'd just kind of go through the stadium walk through there and you know let them know we're around watching i mean that's all we could do uh-huh. um and then at the end, uh, a lot of times the volleyball players would come over because they'd end practice by running stadium steps and things like that. So they, you know, the girls would come over and run with the guys. Uh, and of course, they just ran by most of them. So <laughs> they're pretty, they're in pretty good shape. I think embarrass some of our guys, but you know they get in pretty good shape because uh, we ran every day that was a work day um, during the year. Um, after practice, and um, you know, I think you know it, it pays off in the fourth quarter. Uh, a lot of guys, especially with the big guys, and um, you know, it, and so they push each other. And if they didn't do very good on a sprint, we just do that one over, which was all exciting. They love to do that, but the poor guy that was loafing is not not one of the you know favorite people around. It didn't take long, did it, to get that that buy-in when it came to doing extra for guys, not only only in the weight room, but also when it came to conditioning and running. I mean, it, it came to fruition against Miami for the world to see, obviously, the fourth quarter with your, your lines of scrimmage so fresh and so dominant. But, I mean, it, it had happened before then. Is there a moment, you think, where – it clicked with the program, or had it always been that way as far as uh, well, the, the big-picture look to be ready for that fourth quarter, be the best in the fourth quarter? I think, I think that, that's part of, that was part of the program, I mean, from the beginning, and everybody knew it uh, was something that they worked on. Uh, you know, it, and one, what that does a little bit is, is you know, the hard thing, if you, if you got a couple of bad seeds around – you know they're they're they can really be cancer to a football team, and so what happens is is uh, if there's any anything like that, usually those guys will have their friends hanging around, and all of a sudden those seeds become three, and then four guys, then five, and then six. 
But when it happens, um, the guys that are the leaders of the, of the of the program will, you know, will nip that quick and um, get it, you know, get it straightened out and get it straightened out among themselves, you know, and things like that. I I don't know that I ever remember any experience like that because I just didn't know. But I do know that uh you know there was you know there were times when I walked through the stadium that some of the guys that were running or running the um uh, not the weight guys but the players mm-hmm. that were pushing each other you know if you had a young guy that wasn't running they'd send them up the steps i mean the players themselves the older guys would just tell them start running you know if they weren't going to do it and that, that that stopped a lot of that quick because you know, it's like every play, every time you run a drill, is a game. Mm-hmm. And you have to run it like it's a game, or you're not going to get in shape. You're just wasting time. And uh, so, you know, they they work it amongst each other. The older guys have been passed down way down from, I would guess, from the, you know, the 70s when those guys probably set the tone with two national championships and, you know, I don't think they were a bunch of loafers. <laughs> you know, I know we I knew a lot of them around town and some of them were still running and working out and doing things like that and you know, so you know, and even when when players would see them around, I think they were a good influence on the team too. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, I want to talk about Nebraska's defense for a minute and with with all the Starters back, you have uh, Brandon Vogel in our yearbook did a wonderful dive into each side of the football for Nebraska football. And 88% of Nebraska's production is back. And and I think you saw progress on the defensive side of the ball last year. So, you know, how much more of a jump do they make? And the reality is this. Uh, Nebraska's defensive starting field position was 26th worst in the country. More times than not, you had nice field position by the opposing offense. The opposing offense, a lot of times, didn't start at the 20 or 25. It was maybe right. maybe their own 40 or, or better, be it special teams or mm-hmm. a turnover. You know, and, and once you crossed Nebraska's 40... Uh, you were going to get points. You were going to get a touchdown, and you were going to get a field goal. That's just how it shook out. Did you have very many defenses that, that faced that problem, or were they able to bow up? Well, I think that the whole thing, if you pass it, if it goes, you know, as we we preached it, that our responsibility was to get the ball for the offense. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and really, we didn't care. I mean, as a team, you don't care as long as you get it. Where you get it doesn't always make it, you know, great, but it makes it that you're getting it for them, and they're not putting points on the board. Right. I think, and so the, the field position thing comes into effect, you know, within their minds when they're playing. Mm-hmm. You know, if they get the ball past the fifty uh, and into our territory, you know that 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 sometimes you'll see a defense step it up. And uh, usually if he doesn't, the defensive coordinator is 
you know, looking for a job. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> they don't, you know, they blame it on him first, and you sure. know that. <laughs> so, so that's that's kind of where it where it it comes. But we really stressed that it was our responsibility that we, you know, three and out was a big thing with us. And, uh, and, and, you know, I'd hear them say it on going on the field, you know, and, and reminding each other. And down and distance was a big thing. And in and, and the kicking position that, you know, we didn't get any five-yard penalties if it was, you know, if they had less than five to get. I mean, that's, that's giving away stuff. So those are, those are the kind of penalties you just can't, you know, it's their ball again for another first and ten if you give up a five-yard penalty. So, your concentration and your focus really has to be something in it. And players will remind each other before the plays. I know that I kind of leaned on when we had a nose tackle or something like that, a guy that was our nose tackle, that he was responsible for reminding everybody what the down and distance was. And, uh, you know, so we could, we could learn and teach according to down and distance position on the field and do that during the week coach you guys were really good at three and outs and you were special with tfls or getting pressure and and sacks or just hurrying a quarterback i mean a lot of them resulted in sacks but there were i mean you you had a nervous quarterback a lot of times because your your front seven was so good and your back four was dynamite as well i'm interested here with did you have a goal? Was there an acceptable number when it comes to third down conversion percentage? What was? I mean, it varied team by team, I would imagine. But what what did you what did you what did you want? What did you want every year? Well, the the, the thing the thing you want to do. Well, if you get if, if, the, the third down, if you held them on third downs, that was that number came up in the meeting afterwards that we held them out of so many downs. We, we held them to three and out, you know, that was a big thing. There wasn't a number because there's some teams are fast teams. They run a lot of plays. Sure. Some teams are slow, and, and it, you don't – it's hard to get a number. So if you just go by game by game and, and you know, teach them what, you know, what you really want – you know they'll 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 think about it and they'll talk about it on the field and I think it's it's really important that the defense talks that they talk to each other. You know if there's something that somebody sees something, I know that in the secondary, I know we always had a safety who was usually somebody that you know really was on top of everything and you know would let guys know what's going on. Uh, we had, uh, you know, uh, guys like, you know, like the Brown kids and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Russell Gary back when it started. Russell was probably the first one that really was conscious of everything that was going on on the field and would talk to guys coming in and out of the huddle and things like that. And, <clears throat> you know, that just happens. You, you, you preach it, but you're not there. And so somebody's going to have to take over. And those are, those are the times when you find guys that, you know, have been around a while, that know what's going on, that make it a, a you know, when they first come, studying something is a little, it, it kind of has to grow on you a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you have to look and say, oh, this guy knows, you know, a lot. i got to find out, you know. And then they start doing it. 
and it kind of it kind of folds over, uh, you know, with the in, individual guys. And some guys take pride in in that kind of stuff. And I remember telling the guys that when they drafted Mike Brown with the Chicago Bears, I said, in three weeks, this guy will be telling your veterans where to line up. And they called, they called and said, he's doing it. You're right. And, and, but that's the way he was. He knew the whole picture. And John, some guys are like that. Well, you had a lot of good ones. And uh, third down was uh, you made it look easy. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie. Coach, have a great week. Enjoy a little downtime, and we'll talk next Monday. How's that sound? I'll be there. All I right. hope. Uh, we hope so, too. <laughs> you take care. <laughs> Good to hear from okay. you. Okay. Thanks, guys. Okay. Talk to you next week. Bye now. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back to it, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's time for a chat Tuesdays with Kaz Rick Kaczynski with his defensive line coach at Nebraska and Iowa. Coach, how was the fourth? Good to spend some time with you. I was, oh, I was good. It's down in uh, Cocoa Beach for a uh, baseball tournament, so it was great, great. I'm being facetious, but uh, yeah, it wasn't bad. So, did uh, went yard a couple times. That facility is it's, it's really unbelievable down there. Phenomenal facility, and uh, so really good baseball. So, you know, it's a humbling game. It was a great experience. Uh, Overconsumed a few nights, but <laughs> but didn't have my phones with me. So, uh, and uh, had my wife protecting me from saying my true feelings about some of the parents and their kids. So we made it out all right, Schmitty. It's hey, pretty good, man. Hey, we, we got to spend time in Council Bluffs. Have you ever had the pleasure? <laughs> Council Bluffs? Never. Uh, I can't say I had the pleasure. No. no. Hey, is there a casino there? There is, and we got to, we got to be far away from the casino where – my word's not yours. There's lots of meth monkeys uh, riding around. I mean, it was it was buy one get one tattoo, man. Uh, and I love tattoos, just not everywhere. So uh, yeah, not everywhere. <laughs> you, uh, awesome. yeah, um, <laughs> you. Hey, it takes all kinds, right? <laughs> it takes all kinds. But yeah, I was uh, yeah fortunate. We were in a, we were in a pretty nice area, so it was. Uh, you, you know how it is, Schmitty. Your kids in baseball after uh-huh. <laughs> well down here it, it doesn't it doesn't end. So imagine literally going from September, taking a month, taking um, December and January off, and going from February to to this past weekend through July. So wow. uh, or through June. So that's that's uh, you know after a while. Even the dude you like start to look a little bit funny to you. So, uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, fortunately, I had to work yesterday, so I got to miss the debacle. He went yard. He was their only run. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they had four errors, four errors in the first inning, and got smoked by a team nine to one, who they had beat ten to one two days earlier. Mm-hmm. So. So, but I'm not uh, like I, I text the coach. I was watching it on a on a feed, hmm. 
And I text the coach. I said, I don't want to hear that. That's baseball. That's kind of like uh, for baseball. That's kind of like we need to execute better for football coaches. Sure, yeah. So if I hear that's baseball one more time, so I may uh, might pull the assault rifle out. No, that's all right. Rick Kaczynski is with us, coach. I, you know, we got beat by the the eventual would be uh, state champs, but uh, game was ours and. No, I'm proud of how Junior finished up. We've got a little bit of a, a breather, and then baseball in mid-July, and then back in Des Moines, not Council Bluffs, Des Moines. Thank, thank God. Uh, towards the uh, toward, towards the end of July, I look. There, there's some charming areas uh, in Council Bluffs. It's just when you leave them, you know, when it's in the rear view. That's that's a charming area. I got to get you. I got to get your take on on your uh, your your mate Charlton Warren. He uh, won a pretty uh, high, highly contested recruiting battle for a, for a kid out of Florida that has some pretty heavy Nebraska ties. But I'd, I'd like your take on, on Charlton. I know you worked with him and coached with him, and, and he's climbed up to, to being a, a defensive coordinator and kind of one of the premier teams you know, on the rise that have been good in Indiana. What's, what's Charlton going to bring to the oh. table as D.C.? Now, you screwed me up there when you said premier teams because I was going to say I thought he got hired at Indiana Schmidt Rock. So let's 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 pull let's, let's pull it back a little bit here, but so uh, a team on team on the Indiana team on the rise team, team on the rise. They finished uh, second in the East uh, last year. I, I, uh, I think it's a team that historically has been really bad. That's had two pretty two okay seasons. So that's what. That's how I'm going to evaluate that's, my Hoosiers that's right now. So I love me some Bob Knight, love uh, Indiana basketball even now, but uh, hard to like Indiana basketball, but I do love Indiana basketball. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Charlton, unbelievable guy. Actually, we were neighbors. He lived two houses uh, from me uh, on uh, on 29th, on South 29th. So, uh you know, his kid, uh, his, his youngest played with uh, with my daughter. So, unbelievable guy, family guy. You know, and that's what you want. I mean, obviously, good football coach. You don't end up as a coordinator, mm-hmm. as a bad ball coach. Um, obviously, had a lot, of res- a lot of respect for him as a coach, even more as a person. So, uh, I think I think he learned a lot from Bo. I, I, if you look at it, it's, it's pretty amazing. If you look at the DB coaches – that uh, have coached for Bo, it, it's it's pretty astounding where they have end up and and how they uh, how they've risen. You know, Coach Joseph obviously is is one of my um, you know better friends in life, and yeah, I know the offers that he that he doesn't take, mm-hmm. and um, you know he's had several several coordinator offers that that him and I have talked about. Um, not taking <laughs> over the years because they're going to con- they're going to continue to come. So uh, you know it's uh, it's just uh, it's a it's a it's a great he's a, he's a great guy. Um, you know, Coach Warren, good good football coach. Um, but uh, you know when you're when you're calling it in the Big Ten, like I always tell people, this is his best coach league. They might not have the most talented and might not have the most speed, but um, I, I will I would jump on the table and say they got the absolute best coaching and best coaching staffs in uh, in the country from uh, from top to bottom. So you know it's it's going to be it's it's going to be a challenge, um, but I I think he's up to it, man. Mm-hmm. So um, you know I, I anticipate uh, 
anticipate a lot of good things. I think you'll see a good fundamental sound uh, football team that'll be hard to run on and uh, won't give up big plays. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach Kaz sitting down with us on a Tuesday. Want to spend a, a couple of minutes here, uh, Coach, on Bill Moose. Uh, the, um, the, the terms are out as far as his retirement money, almost $3 million to, uh, to retire or step aside. The search continues for Nebraska at the athletic director spot. And uh, you got an interim right now that's uh, that's weathering the name, image, likeness. Does that shock you about the nearly three million for Moose, or what? Or do you have much of an opinion? No, on that? no, it doesn't shock me. I mean, because because that that tells you. I, I think you know. You read between the lines. That tells you that he wasn't ready to step aside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't I don't quite understand the reasons, um, but I think Bill Moose is comes out here um, looking great, right? I don't think anybody can say anything negative about Bill Moose and what he's done at all the programs that he's been. Seemed like a stand-up guy to me. Seems like an AD that gave every program everything that they needed to be successful. You look at these coaches' salaries. um, You look at recruiting budgets. uh, You look at a guy that's come out when things are hard, when things are tough and supporting his head coach, his head coaches across the board. Um, you know, you know like, like I said, you don't have to be at practice every day to be a visible AD. You don't have to be at every contest to be a visible AD. You know, to be a, to be a visible AD and a viable AD, you've got to have people that respect you. And you got to, you know, it's easy just like friendship. It's easy to be there when it's, uh, when it's easy. You've got to be there when it's hard. And Bill Moose seems like a guy to me from looking on the outside. There have been some hard times at Nebraska, and that dude stepped up to the plate. So, uh, so to me, I, I think it's a bad, once again a bad look on, on Nebraska, in my opinion. Uh, you know, how, how about a reason why you're doing it? When you're paying a guy $3 million, um, you're, you're paying him $3 million to step aside, and, you know, let's be honest, you're paying him $3 million to, to be quiet also. So uh, if there was cause or if there was a reason to push him aside and it had something to do with Bill Moose, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be $3 million in my opinion. So I, I just don't understand. Um, you know, you would think that they had somebody and maybe they had people in mind and maybe it's, it's an entitlement or they're thinking that they can get somebody that they don't, you know, maybe they thought there was somebody out there that would jump on and they don't have them. You know, I heard Jamie Pollard's name and I, I thought that was kind of arrogant to think that he would leave a place he's been at 16 years. You know, people want stability, not just, you know, it's not just about money, especially when you're an AD for 16 years where your kids grow up, where you have friends, where you're part of a community, where you built something. You know, on paper, does Nebraska look better? Absolutely, but that looks better to us, not Jamie Pollard. So, um, I, you know, where are you going next, right? And and I think I think that's the big question: is uh, you know, where 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 do you go to next? Who is it? And just like Mike Riley, hey, okay, fine, you got rid of Bo. Are you bringing in somebody that's better than the guy that you have to replace? And I think that's going to be that's going to be uh, that's going to be absolutely critical. And quite frankly, I don't know who, how, how the hell do you judge an AD, right? I mean, hell, who, who's? It's not like it's a hot coach out there that's got a bunch of wins or uh, you know is a hell of a recruiter, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So 
I guess I guess in time we'll tell. But um, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Bill Moose, and I don't like the fact that he's not the AD at Nebraska anymore. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, to wrap, and it's fun to get caught up with you. Uh, Kaz would be promoting what at Notre Dame if there was name, image, and likeness during your era? Oh, good Lord. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I t- Well, big Polish community in South Bend, so uh, big Catholic community. I think I'd be going to the Knights of Columbus and, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe doing some sausage, some beer specials, and okay. <laughs> uh, you know, and some fish dinners at the KFC. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Unless you're the quarterback, I, I don't know about this name, image, likeness. I think people thought the uh, money be rolling out day one. So, I think it's a we'll see. But once again, I'll I'll stand uh, I'll stand my ground saying it's it's not going to affect a whole lot. Well, you know, you're going to have a, a few who's who's, and that's about it. Uh, so Kaz, uh, Kaz Knight at linebackers. Oh, let me tell you. Yeah, I, maybe I can get some of the money back. I, I mean, well, Schmidt, I didn't spend a whole lot of money at the backer, so I think a statute of limitations on NCAA violations. But uh, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of players pulling their wallets out at the old backer. So uh, yeah. A lot of yeah, Nebraska fans but, uh, about yeah. 20 years ago. It was great. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Yeah, until the light until the lights come on. Just don't go. Just don't go there during the day. But uh, great, great people, man. That, that that's a <laughs> yeah. A lot of places like that. So, Kaz, uh, you rock, brother. Have a good week. We'll catch up next week. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Gotta love Coach Kaczynski. Always love chatting with him. And don't turn the lights on at Linebacker's Bar. (laughs) That was an incredible stop in South Bend after a Nebraska overtime win. It was a regular thing for a lot of dudes who played ball there. Good to hear from Kaz. Tomorrow on the show, we'll check in with Mike Babcock, Mike Schuart, as the match continues on some world-class trash talk as Bryson DeChambeau had a roll of duct tape before Tom Brady was going to tee off. Says, do you need it? Bryson to Tom, in case his pants rip this year. And, and Tom's like, is that for the pants? And, and Bryson's like, no, it's for your lips. So Bryson's... Uh, as, a, as, a, as they take a live look, and we got Bryson currently hitting it out of a tree. Shocking. He, he's the guy that can dish it out but can't take it, right? Everyone's got a friend like that, allegedly. And um, I, I hope they go down in flames. So... I don't know that there's a prop bet out there in Vegas. We'll have to talk to Danny Burke prior to Chicago later this week. But if you're putting money on on the first team to get just blasted for running a foul of name, image, and likeness, are you putting money on a futures bet that the University of Miami, the U, may have problems handling name, image, and likeness? Not that it won't be great for the players, but is it a simple case of, Oh, uh, Dan Lambert plans a $500 a month endorsement deal for every Miami Hurricane football player on scholarship. 
um, that's a total of 90. That's $540,000 this year, the largest reported sum for a college endorsement deal with the new uh, state laws and NCAA rules. But here's 500 up front. Uncle Luke's going to give you another G under the table like back in the day. And I love that part where you got Uncle Luke sitting saying, we never did anything wrong as he tries to keep from laughing during part one of the uh, ESPN 30 for 30 on the U. I'm sorry, but aren't old habits hard to break with Miami? And look, listen, you can pile on USC and get in there on Notre Dame. You can say things about Nebraska. Look, there's Nebraska's never been nailed. All these other programs have had issues at some point. And I don't know, man. Uh, it sounds great if I'm Dan Lambert, owner of the, the American top team and longtime Miami fan. He's offered uh, the scholarship uh, players 500 a month to advertise his gym on social media. Uh, American Top Team is home to the training facility for more than two dozen professional fighters. And that's cool. Uh, Lambert also is offering the Hurricanes um, the, the chance to, to help. And you know, he wants to help the kids. It's about the kids, Elijah. For sure. <laughs> Nothing else. He wants to reward them for what they do. And I want a better product on the field too and you can get a better product on the field by going to my gym <laughs> so i think a better idea is to have have these you football players come come teach some classes some aerobics some jazzercise well that that could end poorly <laughs> where south beach beach hot mama is in there doing yoga oh yeah and you know what? There's probably a Miami booster out there that doesn't care that, that some Hurricane players teach at yoga. Uh, Lambert's also uh, part of the uh, corporation he started that called Bring Back the U. Solely focused on putting money into the pockets of Miami football players. <laughs> oh, man. He said this company will attempt to, to rally support from local businesses to hire the players as spokespersons. I mean, spokespersons. I, yeah. I'm air quoting here. You can't. No, I know. That. You're fine. <laughs> so the good thing here is Lambert's had multiple conversations with school compliance department and said, here's my plans. He's also got an attorney to make sure that what we're doing doesn't violate the new state law. And, you know, there are improper ways of fans supporting their players, and now there's a legal way. I'm thinking Evan Shapiro all over again, where you got some little goon fanboy that's just going to throw millions at his favorite team. And everyone needs a rich uncle. You got Uncle Phil at Oregon. You got Will Ferrell at USC. Is he the rich uncle there? I, there's a hundred of them. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I know. it's all Hollywood, right? That's what I'm saying. Is, is USC is also a pretty good futures bet to get popped for an NIL violation, too, just because of... To it, me... It's the schools with the money around. USC's to, to, got the money around. Miami's to, got the but, money around. But buy a new facility. Get the hell out of the Coliseum. That's why you're bribing kids. That's why you're paying Reggie Bush, allegedly, to come play for you. 
You're great. You have offensive talent. There's an NFL system. You're winning. But you're in a dump. You're an absolute dump from a from a facility standpoint. The Coliseum's garbage. And you're not in the safest area of town. I mean, it's gated. It, it, you're not far from South Central at, at USC. And half the kids in, in California, bless their heart, want to get the hell out of there because they grew up in tough situations, potentially. You know? So maybe, maybe that's they're, why they're, it's a perfect storm for an NIL violation out in USC. Well, I'm just saying it still, the kids it still seems like a little too soon for me for USC or a Miami to be rolling the dice. I mean, this is bringing publicity. It may bring recruits, but if you're doing it right at Miami, you're going three doors down and you're getting some dude from Miami Northwest. And and there you go. Well, I mean, I think I already have a, a good bet for the first NIL violation. That's going to Simpson College in Iowa because that kid said, I'll give you my game-worn shoes, and that's an NIL violation. I looked it up last week. You can't sell game-worn memorabilia until after you graduate. Mm. Look that what one if, up. But let me ask you this. What if you're a super senior? What if you've already graduated? I believe it's once your eligibility has been exhausted. It's about once you're okay. out, once you're okay. off the football okay. team or off whatever team you're on. So, no. I mean, USC, Miami... There's some creeps down at A&M. Not everybody, but some. I mean, Ohio State got popped, what was that, 10 years ago now for, uh, for giving cars to the players? No, it was uh, the uh, Terrell Pryor tattoo gate. Oh, that's right. That's right. The tattoos. But you had, Oak, you had Oklahoma, Big Red Auto, Big Red Auto that's with, uh, that's 2015, right? Where, oh, you're making $45 Washing cars? <laughs> it's a dream job. Even the Sopranos want when it comes to no show. <laughs> All right? So, I don't know. Good luck. God bless. We'll see where Miami ends up. If they uh, have learned their lesson from the Nevin Shapiro or if uh, you've got some dude with the turnover chain talking about buying a yacht and all of a sudden he has a yacht. Uh, look at me throw shade. We'll wind down this uh, Tuesday edition. NBA Finals. They get rolling. We will bring back the steak and a beer bet. Schmidt v. Elijah. My record speaks for itself. I'm still waiting on that side of beef. And we'll see where we go. I guarantee Elijah's going Phoenix. Game one. <laughs> Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, we will get into the stake in the beer bed. First, I want to tell you about buckling up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash. Buckling up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. All right, NBA Finals. Uh, What's your most iconic NBA Finals moment? Elijah was all over the Ray Allen three in game six. 
Spurs Heat, great call there. I am obvious, but it is mine that's still burned into my 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 mind's eye, and that is Jordan over Russell. How old were you when that happened? I was 20, and I didn't get to see it live. Huh. I was on a mission trip to Mexico uh, with my church, honestly, in Tijuana, and we were... Well, we, I sucked at building, so I was playing soccer with the kids. <laughs> I mean, just legit. Do you want me, do you want me operating uh, stucco and mixing cement? No. You want me playing goalie with a couple of the kids uh, in, in the town? We were building the house. Well, they stuck you at goalie, too? Well, I was fat, yes. <laughs> They're like, well, look at this dude. I was dude. fatter. Well, like, uh, they saw you on the ball. They went, no, go put him in goal. <laughs> no. Kid can't breathe. <laughs> fat old man. Go to the goal, everyone senor. Knows, like, like in in street, like pickup soccer. Everyone knows you put the worst a, kid in goal. There's there's a field, all right. Okay, in the field. That, that's still in, the same in thing in Tijuana, right? So, long and short, my girlfriend, now wife, we, we're big Bulls fans. So she taped it for me. That's awesome. The bunny came through and and taped the the game. And I don't know where where that game is. I, I have Jordan's first title on VHS. We watched that at Cousin Dino's way back in 1991 down in Houston when Dino was down there. So Jordan's first title and, and last title I have somewhere on VHS, but no VHS player. But it is Jordan with his crossover over Russell, and that's my moment. Secondly is the Jordan switch of hands. Third is magic and the the skyhook win in the garden for that that Showtime's last title. Mm. LeBron's up there, and it's incredible because you see more and more kids on the court chase down a breakaway and pull a LeBron. We saw it in the state tournament <laughs> this year at PBA for for boys class A. It was cool. But no, that's that's it. But you're you're Ray Allen's right there. Yeah, I wonder if we'll get a, an iconic moment this year. No LeBron James in the finals. That's, no, it's that's weird to see. That's okay. You know, and I'm wondering here, because you look at the game one tonight, Phoenix is dynamite. They have been to the finals twice, 93 and I think 74 or, yeah, 74 against the Celtics. But what happens tonight? What happens in game one? Uh, and you have the line right now at minus six Phoenix. You said you thought I'd go with Phoenix. I'm, Are you? I'm wondering if you're playing mind games with me. I wonder no. if you want the Phoenix line, but I'll, no. I'll take Phoenix minus six. Well, of course you will. I need more than six. Oh, do you now? I do. I'll go up to eight. Give me eight and a half. We'll, we'll keep it at six if Giannis plays. Deal. Done? Deal. All right. Steak and a beer. We're air shaking hands. Talk to you tomorrow at four with Hale Varsity. Take care.